0: I'm director of the Murney Tower Museum.
1: I'm a social science teacher and student life coordinator.
0: I am an associate professor. I got a PhD from Queen's history.
1: And I have an MA from Queen's history. So today I'm here meeting with Tabitha Renault, and we are going on the alumni podcast, and we're going to talk about her journey at Queen's and after graduation. So hi, Tabitha, how are you this morning?
0: I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much.
1: Just to kick things off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, including your graduating year, your program, and and what, what you're up to currently?
0: Okay, well, uh, I finished a PhD in history in 2019. I currently have two jobs. I work as a course coordinator at Queen's, and I also uh, run the Mernie Tower Museum, uh, which is right near campus. Uh, If you haven't seen it, it's an adorable little Martello Tower. Kingston has four Martellos. It's actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site, so if students haven't had a chance to go down and check it out, uh, it's going to be free this summer. You should absolutely come down and check it out.
1: Oh, very cool. Hopefully everything will be open and we'll be able to enjoy. Yeah, hopefully. It'll be yeah.
0: pre-booked because of COVID-19. It'll mm-hmm. be pre-booked and it'll be highly controlled, but uh, it's the first year ever that it's going to be, be free.
1: Oh, that's um, very exciting. We'll have to get everyone to pop in. Yeah. So thinking about um, your time at Queen's, which it sounds like you're still, still here with us, although in a yeah. different capacity. Um, yeah. What brought you to Queen's for graduate school?
0: Um, I've always been fond of Kingston, but when I was looking at the different programs, I saw that this particular PhD program in history allows you the opportunity to teach undergrads. And I thought, wow, like that's like, I I didn't see that in the other programs. And I thought, wow, I really, really wanna do that. But also my familiarity with Kingston, Uh, let me know that there's about 30 museums in this town. So I was like, (laughs) wow, I need to get there and be part of that scene. So I think anyone that's interested in cultural heritage, uh, Mm. Queens is a good place to go to school because there'll be lots of really exciting summer job opportunities for students, Mm. lots of great internship and volunteer opportunities for students while you're going to Queens. Um, I I just, yeah, I really was attracted to this town. It was my number one choice. beautiful limestone city but also queens is an institution i thought it had a great reputation i'd heard i'm from sort of the the ottawa valley area Mm -hmm. so i grew up hearing all sorts of good things about queens and good things about kingston um but yeah i wanted to teach though that's really when i looked at comparing all different phd programs i thought wow this one's going to let me design my own course teach my own course and I, i did i got to design my own course and it was a blast. I did it twice. I did it two years in a row. And then I got to teach some other stuff as well. Um, So yeah, definitely. um, That drew me to the program.
1: Oh, it sounds like you had a great experience um, teaching. And I guess thinking about your own um, teaching, but also taking courses, was there a course or a professor that really inspired you uh, while you were here at Queen's?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say I enjoyed uh, all of all of my courses. And, and uh, I was lucky to have such a great department with such great profs in it. But my supervisor, uh, Dr. Jane Arrington, mm. um, actually, uh, she was so supportive of my professional mm. development and my interest in museums. And she was just just so understanding and, and flexible with me about how life is, you know, as I worked my way through this program. Um, so definitely a, a Dr. E for sure, but I would say also her course actually um, changed the direction that my, my PhD went in. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was interested in doing some kind of PhD in uh, intercultural contact, but when uh, I took her course, she, uh, you know, basically her course was really good because she shared uh, primary sources and different things with us. And I saw the uh, Frobisher Explorer narratives from the 1500s and reading those in her class changed the whole direction of my PhD. So I just, I really liked the way that she ran that class. It was basically a, a colonial history course for you know graduate graduate history students, master's and PhD. I really liked it, um, the way she ran that course and uh, it did change the direction of, uh, of my studies with her. So I, I guess that'd be my answer. Thank you, Dr. E. <laughs>
1: Dr. E always deserves a great shout out um, yeah. whenever we're speaking. Um, so within, within uh, Dr. E's course and her guidance, you, you mentioned that your project changed paths mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, yeah. but could you tell us a little bit about what your project and your dissertation oh, ended up looking ah, like?
0: That'd be, that'd be a great idea. I actually have a talk coming up about it um, that could be probably watched online forever after.
1: Oh, exciting.
0: But okay, so my my uh, research topic basically was looking at how uh, Indigenous people and in the earliest European explorers um, their early meetings and how they communicated, even though uh, they didn't have any shared language, they didn't speak each other's language. Basically, how were people communicating? And so I studied that. I studied the limitations of that and how. You know, perhaps we've just glossed over that for a couple hundred years. We've just assumed, ah, they could understand each other. It was passable, whatever. And then you do a close reading of it and look at actually the mechanics of how they were communicating and perhaps some of the limitations that Mm. existed therein, you know? Um, So it was an absolutely fascinating project. Mm. It was really cool. And I'd still like to, to, to do something with it. You know, I graduated in 2019. I've been doing all kinds of wonderful things, running the museum, running heritage fair, doing all kinds of fun stuff. But eventually I hopefully will get around to doing something with that work because I do think that uh, it hadn't been looked at and it was a absolutely fascinating sort of methodological uh, project as well as possibly changing uh, history Graphic, uh, historiographical interpretations. Mm. Sorry, I've been out. I've been out a while.
1: Apologies. <laughs> no, no, that sounds very interesting. I would love to read that as a book. it sounds like a fascinating book project. And hopefully, yeah, would, hopefully I, we'll I, see I it, it soon.
0: To.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the connections now between um, your current work at Mernie Tower and at um, Queen's University's course mm-hmm. coordinator. Um, yeah. Was that a straightforward path? from your, from your degree or, or I guess, how did you end up in, in your current roles?
0: That's, that's a great question. Okay. So there's two different stories there because there are two different paths, but Mm -hmm. okay. Let's start with, um, the, the course coordinator mm-hmm. piece so I actually work as a course coordinator in the engineering department and I mm-hmm. get asked all the time how the heck are you in engineering when your PhD is in history and the thing that I want to express to students is that a history degree has so much versatility and the skills mm-hmm. are highly transferable so once you've learned to be a teacher once you've learned to manage TAs and teach classes and design courses and you know the communication skills the professional skills um you know those those are transferable and you could take them and and help with courses and support a teaching team in engineering i don't know the science content but everything else i've got on lockdown you know what i mean so so a lot of the skills that you do learn in your history degree are going to be highly transferable and you may go into something uh, you never imagined before Mm. Um, So that flexibility and versatility is is, uh, really useful. So to answer your question about the course coordinator, um, because I was kind of teaching in history and doing these things in history, I kind of ended up moving over and and accepting contracts in engineering, kind of helping uh, support teaching teams. And gradually my role increased and my contracts kept getting extended. And then eventually, you know, I was able to compete and I became a program assistant. Mm. And then I competed and became a, a course coordinator. Um, so, so very exciting. I and I enjoy my time in engineering. I love. I have about a thousand students, and wow. yeah, seventy TAs. I work as wow. part of a T two team. I've had I've had great mentors. So I've had great men, mentors uh, in in engineering, and so that that's been really fun. Um, to answer the other side, though, the, the murney Tower piece. Um, Something I highly recommend to students is to take advantage of all the cultural heritage sites, all the museums, galleries and historic sites in Kingston. A lot of them are walking distance from campus. Uh, I would get involved in them. I know it's difficult with the time management piece, but if you're able to get involved and get some of this experiential learning going, you know, get the experience it's not just about your resume, it's also about growing as a professional and mm. learning some of these, uh, life's the school of hard knocks, learn, <laughs> learn some of it, right? Learn some of it now um, when you're young and volunteering and the stakes are low, learn some mm. of this stuff, right? And, and, and yeah, you do get it on your CV and you do hopefully get some references, but I find one volunteer opportunity leads to another, leads to another, mm. leads to another. And so after about 10 years of volunteering in the sector, opportunities like, like, uh, really at the top, like leadership opportunities really start to open up to you. I mean, you don't just start tomorrow and then you're the leader of the museum. Mm-hmm. You know, you you start and you do different things. And, and um, you know, you get known on the scene, people get to know you, you get a reputation as someone that delivers, uh, somebody that has the skills, mm-hmm. and you move up. And so now I'm basically working in an executive director capacity. Mm-hmm. Though I do want to be transparent that it is it is a volunteer executive director, which Sounds insane until you know what the museum sector is like. So, just a warning I know it's a very popular field. Students are very interested in it. So, a warning that um, there's not a lot of money in the field. Mm -hmm. And um, also, uh, it's highly competitive. So, I say again get lots. If you are interested in museum studies, um, while you're in Kingston doing your studies, make sure you're volunteering at museums. And it's, I should, I should warn you though, that I've had a lot of students come to me and say, I want to volunteer with you, Tab. And then they end up flaking out. So make sure you're not the one that flakes out, right? Because <laughs> I know people get stressed with school. I, I've been there. We've all been there. You're like, I took on more than I could uh, handle. And now I've got to back out of this volunteer commitment. So it's better to start small, do mm-hmm. what you can handle, do what's realistic and deliver. If you deliver, they need to remember that you're not the one that flaked out. You're the one that delivered. So that's my advice for the day, Katie Marie. There
1: you go. <laughs> sounds good. It sounds like consistency and being reliable in whatever capacity yes. you commit to translates across both the museum and education sector. Because it yeah. sounds like, yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. like you've been consistent. Proving in both- yourself over mm-hmm. time.
0: If you prove yourself over time and put in the time and and deliver, then hopefully you'll be able to uh, to move up.
1: Mm-hmm. And it sounds like those um, to me, those skills come can be honed within a history degree, right? It's those times, oh, the softer skills, the time management and- uh, Oh,
0: 100%. Yes. I think I think that all the skills in the history degree are so transferable, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, I, and I've said, you know, no offense to the other humanities, I love humanities, but I do think that history, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe an employer understands a little bit better the concrete kind of skills, mm-hmm. like, oh, this person probably- you know, delved into all these different fields to do this this history project because it's kind of interdisciplinary in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Like we're learning to use archives, we're looking at archaeological reports, we're looking at oral history, we're learning to analyze primary sources. There's a lot of a really concrete stuff mm-hmm. um, within the historian's craft. I think that methodology piece is so strong in our in our discipline that I think that employers look at it and they, and employers like history and they understand what it is. And they're like, yeah, that kid knows how to think that kid probably knows how to write can probably problem solve that kid, you know? So I definitely, I would say, yes, history is, if you, if you're going to go into the humanities, I think history is a, is a good one in terms of transferable skills and versatility.
1: hmm so you mentioned, um, at, like, so you've been someone on both sides as a volunteer, yeah. and as someone who coordinates yeah. volunteers, um, and you have been involved in many different um, heritage um, institutions in, yes. in, in Kingston, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and the advice you gave was to get involved early and to be consistent. Yes. Um, to be is, is there anything, else, anything um, else that you would advise to students, maybe more within the context of their own studies, like within, um, in their degree?
0: Okay, yeah, I definitely think you don't want to compromise your marks. Keep your marks up. You know what I mean. Um, I've started. This is, sounds crazy, but I've started as employer, as an employer, saying, "I wish I'd looked at the transcript." You know what, <laughs> what I mean. So I could figure out. Mm-hmm. So I could figure out um, how how well the person could probably write and conduct mm-hmm. a research project. You know what I mean. So definitely, I I wouldn't say to volunteer to the point where you're going to to hurt your mm-hmm. studies. You know what I mean. Because ideally, you do want to keep keep your marks up and you do want to hone your professional skills I think learning to write is extremely Mm -hmm. important even a lot of undergraduate history students I've seen are you know not as strong a writers as they could be Mm -hmm. and I think that definitely if you can hone your writing skills and practice and practice I think that that is extremely important to going further in a professional setting is to be a strong writer strong public speaker these kind of things I think are kind of how you're able to move up I think is to have some of these these abilities for sure.
1: Um, oh yeah thank you that sounds um, thank you for that great advice so I think you've given um, our listeners a, a good sample of what to do outside of the classroom and also within the classroom of, of how to um, really strengthen their skills and mm-hmm. enjoy their the get the most out of their degree kind of.
0: Yeah something I should say is there's going to be trial and error with this mm-hmm. I think we all learn and make mistakes that's why i'm saying volunteer young and make your mistakes there you yeah. know what I mean? they because mm-hmm. it, it's best to learn by doing so if you maybe don't word an email the best way or you don't whatever you know hopefully you can find someone to mentor you i've been helping my students redraft their emails and things like that right so they learn how to do these things in a professional setting but i think that there's there's some things you're just kind of going to learn by mm-hmm. maybe making mistakes as you go and i think that do do that early and do that low stakes and make your Mm -hmm. mistakes and kind of, and then you grow with all the mistakes you make, you grow and you grow and you grow. Right. And, uh, so I do think that, that getting out there and doing things and learning from your mistakes and growing, I think that's important as well. Um, so I'm not trying to say be, be absolutely perfect at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm saying you won't be, I wasn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like there's things I look back on and say, Oh man, but I had to, I had to kind of learn that on the job. I had Mm -hmm. to figure that out. And now, I've come so far, you know, I've come so far and you, and you will too, you know what I mean? So when I say, you know, practice your writing and be a good writer, um, that's important too, of course, I I do stand by that. I do think that, um, you know, if you want to be able to move up, you need to be at a certain level Mm -hmm. in terms of your communication skills, I think. Um, so I stand by that, but I also think just getting out there and getting the experience, I think is very important as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you for that piece. Um, I'd like to shift a little bit away from your career to maybe a little bit more of your time at Queens. Um, Do you have a favorite memory of your time at Queens in grad school? Couple things like sure. a, aside from getting to teach mm-hmm. my
0: wonderful students that I got to teach, I got to teach a bunch of fourth year, third year students. I, I, you know, I still keep in touch with some of them. It was it was really fun, and I got to guest lecture in some of my colleagues' classes whenever something with museums came up. The profs would be like, "Oh, let's get Tabin and have her talk about programming or something," you know. So that, that like those are good memories. But I'd say some some other really good memories would be, um, for example, we had Historica come. Mm. Um, Yeah, shout out to my colleague Angela Duffett for for arranging to have Historica come. So if you don't know, Historica makes the Canadian Heritage Minutes. Mm -hmm. And so they actually came and like had lunch with us and did a presentation and that was such a cool day it was a really cool day to talk to the people that make the heritage minutes about the heritage minutes. And so that, that stands out in my mind as like in principal Wolf attended. Uh, mm-hmm. Principal mm-hmm. Attend. And so that, that was a really cool day. But I mean, in terms of other things, just, just about campus life in general, I was kind of mentioning how it played so many roles on the campus, but like, You know, I just love the way campus is because you'll have little children selling lemonade. You'll have like, I was approached by so many different people and things happening on this campus. So for example, like little kids running around doing a scavenger hunt, they run up to me like one day I had like all these books, right? I had like 12 books, this (laughs) pile of books. I'm carrying them, can't even see me. And the kids run up, her, 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 look at the books, look at the books. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, are you a professor? And I'm like, well, I'm teaching a class. And they're like, oh, good. Can we get a picture with you? Yay, we won the scavenger hunt. And it was just the cutest thing in the world, these little ones. You know what I mean? And so the campus is just, you see all these camps, science quests, all these different camps around and uh, all these different enrichment programs and things on the campus. I I just love these sort of interactions. But I think also for me, like I've been involved in all parts of student life. So I've literally given thousands of people their student card. Some of you may remember I validated your student card if you're listening, it was me. I gave you your graduation ticket. I helped your parents get to their seat or whatever, you know, or I scanned your USAT. Like I've done so much stuff on this campus. Like I really do feel like uh, really well integrated <laughs> in Queens, both in the student experience in the administrator experience and the teacher and TA experience. Like just, I mean, I even helped people like I would run like the election and tell people this is where you go to vote. You know what I mean? So I just feel like uh, I just, I just, good, there's too many good memories is what mm. I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm really, really got a lot of good memories, but if I had to pick something that had to do with my, my education and my program, it'd be the historical thing. That's mm. pretty cool to have the heritage minute people come. But anyway,
1: there you go. That's true. Oh, thank you. No, it sounds like uh, your memories reflect a very lively campus that I'm hoping yeah. we'll get back to very soon Hopefully. once it's all healthy and safe to do so again. Um, but I think it's been um, nice this year to see that there's still quite a lively presence online. And we've I think yes. the Queen's community has done a good job of keeping up this um, active engagement with um, youth from the community, the students who attend, and then the wider community who interacts with Queen's in all sorts of ways, like you said, even through mm-hmm. elections and um, yeah. as just a... That's a great venue to host different things so mm-hmm. thank you for that and the historica that is very cool because i think mm-hmm. most of us have a, a memory of some point in our childhood of or or beyond seeing a heritage moment and a heritage everybody minute. has a favorite
0: heritage it minute. is true That's <laughs> awesome. <That's>
1: awesome. <laughs> so thinking about um all the different things you've done at queens um do you still keep in touch with people from your classes and your, in your coursework, your cohort yep.
0: perhaps? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I keep in touch with people outside of my cohort. That's oh, kind of what's nice. cool about grad school is that it's just, uh, it's not, it's just anyone that was kind of like four years after you or four years mm-hmm. behind you, you know what I mean? Like, or you know what I mean? Before You mm-hmm. know, on both sides of you, you kind of keep track of everyone. And with social media, it's just great. Like everybody's just still kind of aware of everybody and, and keeping in touch so definitely people that were in my cohort and kind of the years around my cohort i've definitely kept in touch with a ton of people um yeah and, and people were so supportive in this program not just the pros but the students were so supportive of each other getting through graduate studies so very very good yeah definitely kept in touch with mm-hmm. tons of people
1: i would echo your sentiment as a current graduate student of the uh the support i find it's a very yeah. helpful community and not a competitive one which yeah to help in other places yeah
0: collaborate and not compete. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, would you recommend Queen's history at, at the graduate level um, to anyone else who's considering pursuing further historical studies?
0: yeah i would i would
1: say i should have mentioned if i didn't get it in here somewhere uh, for the under i would
0: recommend it for the undergrad level just Mm -hmm. because you can do these these internships Mm -hmm. and things you can do an internship in the archives you can do an internship in a museum um and i would i would recommend the graduate program as well because i think you get that opportunity to teach Mm -hmm. there were so many opportunities to step up in our department and have leadership and step up in and uh, organize events and, and, uh, you know, get to present research and do all kinds of stuff. But also you get to teach as I opened with that. Let's bring it full circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get you get to teach. And that's, that's pretty awesome getting to teach undergrads and design your own course. So Mm -hmm. I think I think that in the pro- built into the program itself is great. All these uh, professional development opportunities, mm-hmm. but also the fact that King- to, to do a PhD in Kingston or to do a master's in Kingston, you're in a setting of great cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. Like this is the museum capital of Canada. There's 30 sites around you. Mm-hmm. Most of them you can walk to that you would be able to potentially work with in terms of your professional development. So yeah, I, I mean, I did it. I would recommend others do it too.
1: And just uh, as we start to wrap up, is there anything else about your time from Queens that you would like to share?
0: Hmm, That's a really good question. I'm not really, I think I kind of said what I wanted to say. I love Kingston.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much um, for your time this morning, Tabitha, and for sharing your wide variety of experiences in the history department in Kingston and showing us how all those interactions um, and intersections happen. And, for providing some great tips for students who may want to follow in a, in a similar path after their oh. graduation as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: It's been fun. Thank you.
1: Thank you.